I, I love these ideas that uh, we get to see uh, in culture in ways where we think about uh, what we need. And, and, and we like the idea of a genie. In fact, when we think about our concept of who God is, we have lots of different ideas about what God is like. And in many ways, one of the ways that we think about or experience or even try to understand God is maybe he's this genie off in the distance, that he's this thing who can provide or kind of pull us out of a jam at times. And so we have these different ways of thinking about God. There's, you know, uh, there's multiple ways that we do this. I don't know, uh, depending on how you grew up or where you came from, you maybe thought about God as kind of this uh, impersonal force, maybe out in the space or out in the cosmos somewhere. You can throw that up on the screen. So you have this idea of like, he's out there somewhere and he's got some power, but we're not really sure how he relates to us. There are other ways we think about God. Sometimes he's the old guy with the beard who's maybe just slightly disappointed in your effort this week. I know there's, there's different kinds of ways in which we think about who God is. And certainly there's this idea that God's maybe this genie that we can come to. And when we're in a bad situation or when we're in a jam, we try to call upon him to fix the thing that's not going so well. It might be easy to pass off these images uh, or these pictures that we sometimes have about uh, who God is as cartoonish or maybe goofy, but these kinds of images exist and they're around because it's not entirely untrue. Here's my question for us this morning. What's your conception of what God is really like? When you think about who he is and what he does, what is your idea of what he really is like? I think Jesus is actually trying to unlock a deeper understanding of what God is really like when he gives us this prayer. Because what Jesus knows is this, how we approach God reveals what we truly believe about him. How you and I come to him, to speak to him, when we come before him, it truly reveals what we believe about him. Meaning this, listen, you and I can have all the theology. We can have all the ideas. We can have all the stories. We can have all the knowledge. We can have all of the, the things that we've been told by parents or the even things that we've read. But in truth, hear this, how we pray, the way that we talk to him, the way that we come before him, it actually reveals what we believe in here. You can have all of the truths out there, but the ways in which we approach God actually is descriptive of what we believe in our heart. And when we get down to it, listen, I don't think anyone really thinks or often thinks of God as kind of some blue or cosmic genie that we come to when we want to be rich or powerful. I don't think that's generally the case, but I do think that we experience different ideas of what God is like based on all kinds of different experiences. And what God wants to do is bring our heart into a true, right, life-giving, powerful understanding of what he's like. And what we're about to discover from God in this scripture, 
through his son, this is the words of his own son, what we're going to see is that he's ready for us to bring our needs to him. God wants us to bring our needs to him. And not in some kind of genie way, but he wants us to bring with real authenticity the needs that we carry in our hearts. I want you to look at this scripture in Matthew chapter 6. We'll start back in verse 9. We'll come through this. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says here, this is how when you pray, this is what it's like. Here's why I want you to pray or pray then like this. Verse 9, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I, I love what he, say, he says here because he just starts this whole thing by saying, Father, you're my treasure. That's where he's beginning this prayer to say, you're my treasure. In fact, Jesus starts with just naming his desires. He starts with sharing what's in his heart, the desires that are there. And here's what he says. God, it's your name. It's God's name. You're my treasure. God's culture. Lord, I want your kingdom. Your ways are my treasure. Your will, God's will, your plan is my treasure. That's what Jesus is coming with. He's starting this place of prayer. What he's saying is, there, this is where my desire is. Your plan, your heart, your ways, your name, you're the treasure. And I'm coming after you. These are the desires that I have. That's what's happening as he opens up this prayer. I want your ways and I want your thoughts and your truth and your power happening in me and around me. That whatever is real and true about you, I want that here in our own experience. And I want that in my home and in my workplace and all my kids and everywhere I go to experience that. I love how uh, Darren, if you got to be here last week, sharing it. We want your kingdom here right now. We know there's a day coming where we're going to experience the fullness of God's kingdom. But that kingdom is also here now. And he's offering it for us to share. And Jesus is just saying, hey, you want to know what a life-giving prayer looks like? Where it starts to turn your heart into something alive, then this is the place to begin. God, you're the treasure. And whatever's going on with you, I want that in here first. I want that churning in me. And wherever I go, we want to know your ideas and your thoughts, your plan. That's where we want to go. Saying you're the source. And Jesus knows this. If those things, those three things his name and his culture, his kingdom or his will, if those things aren't central, then the rest of the prayer starts to go sideways. And so he's setting us up to begin to experience what it looks like for when God does come and begin to invade. When we say, God, your way and your will, he's setting us up to be ready for it. Because then Jesus takes this shift and he's going to move from our desires, this is what we want to see happen to our needs. He's going to move towards our needs. He's going to go from this position to address what's really happening inside of us. Because look at verse 11. So he says, I desire all these things. Now, give us this day our daily bread. 
seven simple words, and there's a ton to be able to unpack. But at the very base level, what Jesus is saying is the Father opens his heart to us and asks, What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? What's going on in your world, even here, right now, in this moment? What do you need? And what we're going to learn from Jesus is that there is a way to come to God with our needs and to be able to ask him in a way that honors him, in a way that's full of faith and in a way that worships him. It's easy to be able to think, well, I don't know if I can, you know, have these needs and I don't know, I don't want to treat him like a genie, but I'm I'm here to tell you what we get to see from Jesus' own words is there's a way to ask, to bring our need to the Lord in a way that is an expression of true, authentic, real worship. When Jesus uh, prays, he said, he, when he says, give us today's bread or give us our daily bread, what he's saying is, listen, there are real needs that we all have Moments where we need his care, we need his covering, and the Father is ready to listen to it. He's ready to incline his ear to anyone that's willing to bring their need to him. I want to hear this. I want us all to hear this. God's not offended by our needs. He isn't afraid of them in any way. He's actually looking for real authentic relationship for us to come and bring those to him. And he's not worried about us treating him like a genie because when we come with authenticity, he's ready to do the things in our hearts that bring us to a place of true and authentic worship. And so the point of praying this is to say, here, when when you and I come and we bring our need to him, it's to say this, God, you're my provider. And I see you this way. You're the one who provides for me. And we move past the genie who grants wishes and we move to the one who we trust as our source. We're looking to trust as our source in a new way. In fact, here's what we're going to see and this is what we'll finish with or unpack here. Is we're going to see all throughout the scripture, not only does God want us to bring our need to him. Hear this. God commands us to bring our needs to him. He's telling us, bring your needs to me. And so here's the question. Here's what we're going to just try to open up this morning. And we'll finish with this. How do we worship God by bringing our needs to him? That's the question. How do we come and bring our needs in a way that brings life and brings worship to him? We're going to find the scripture is going to unpack this, make this easy for us and open the door for us to experience the goodness of a good father. All right. Number one, you want to know how you bring our needs in a way that worships him is this. Ask God first. Everybody say first. 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 Ask God first. First, 
Genies are the ones that we come to when we're in trouble, right? We come out, we're looking for the magic thing to fix that. I don't know if you've ever made the bargaining thing with God. Lord, God, uh, I'm in trouble. If you'll get me out of this gym, I'll give you my life, right? We often, that's the easy prayer to pray. When we come, we come to God often as like last, uh, the last thing before we're finished. What we find is we'll try to work these things over ourselves. We'll try to make all the good, right decisions. We'll do the good moral thing. And when none of that's working out and we still are finding ourselves with evil, we'll go, well, God, could you somehow break in and fix this situation? And God's saying, here, I want to take this moment and I want to, I want to turn it upside down. And I want you to come to me before you've ever tried to figure out anything else. Before you've tried to fix the, the problem. That's not the, the father's heart is if, listen, you figure it out. And if you can't figure it out, give me a ring. The father's saying, no, no, no. I want you to come to me first. If you and I want to ask God for what's going on in our hearts or for the things that we need in a way that honors him, he just says one simple thing. Ask him first. Matthew chapter six. If you, you take this prayer, Jesus is giving us this prayer. If you go just a few verses down in verse 31, he says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Hear this. The Gentiles, meaning these are people that don't have relationship with God. For those that don't have relationship with God, they seek after all of these things. But hear this. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. In other words, what Jesus is saying is he knows exactly what you need already. It's a whole world that is trying to get their needs met in a thousand different ways. And Jesus is saying, your father already knows exactly what you need. There is literally now nothing you and I can bring to him that will be a surprise. Jesus has never once in your prayer gone, really? That's shocking. You know, that's, that's, that's not in the vocabulary of the king of the universe. He knows exactly what you, so here's what he said. The heavenly father knows that you need them all. Verse 33, but... I want you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is to say his greatness and glory, his perfection. And all those things that you need, he'll take care of. He'll cover you. He's there for you. Listen, every one of us, has felt worry. Can we just all acknowledge we've all had moments where we've had worry about whether or not we were going to have what we needed. Maybe it was a physical resource. Maybe it was monetary. Maybe there was relational hurt or strife. And there are a thousand ways in which we will seek to try to have our needs met, right? We go to our spouses to do and to be for us. 
or we want our kids to do and to be for us, or we want our jobs or our employers or our employees to do or be for us, or the same thing with our friends. We need them to do or be for us. And what's great about spouses and kids and friends and all those is they can, God has given grace to us to be able to meet needs and to be able to be a blessing to each other and all the life that comes from that. But hear this. None of them can and ever will be able to be and to do what God is and will do for us. None of them. And when we look to each other to fill our deepest need, what we'll constantly find is no one's got what it takes. And the father's saying, I want you to come to me first. Meaning this, he says, I know that the tendency or the temptation is for you to feel anxious about what's going on. To feel worry about what you don't have or the place where you're experiencing lack, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I understand that, but I want you to know your heavenly father knows exactly where you're at at this moment, knows exactly what you're walking through, knows exactly what you and I need in a way that no one else knows or can ever understand. He knows exactly, and what he's saying is, will you just incline your heart to come to me first, to seek me out first, to ask me first? I'm not saying there isn't space for us to be able to communicate our needs to each other. That's one of the beautiful ways we get to serve each other in life, whether it's in our marriages or homes or with our kiddos or uh, workplace, all those. I think that's so important to be able to do with each other. I think what Jesus is saying is this, but have you asked the father first? Have you? Have you asked him first? You brought your heart and your need to him first. When he says, seek first the kingdom, what he means is this. Us coming to saying, God, you have a way of seeing things that I don't see. You have a way of seeing the things that I cannot see. You have a way of understanding this world that is different than the way that I see it. And you can see all of the things out there in uniquely different ways. And so I want to see what you see. And so the father's saying, ask me first. Come to me first. See if I can change the whole world. But trust me that when you see issues or problems or you have need, come to me with those and see if I might not provide a way that delights your heart in a way that no one else actually can. Moves your heart. Number two, here's what we do. We, we come to the Lord with our need. We ask with an aim for our faith to grow. You and I come to the Lord. You want to know a way that, that's worship and meaningful. When we come to the Lord with our needs, ask him with an aim for our faith. The of James chapter one says this. Listen, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach 
and it will be given to him. But here, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. You want to know how we come to ask God without treating him as some, again, genie out there. What we do is we just come and we ask in faith where we bring our needs to him. And then we say, okay, I'm bringing my need to you. And here's the deal. I'm trusting you, God, with this. I'm opening my hand up and I'm trusting you. I'm asking and believing that you'll help my heart trust you more with this need. Trust you more. I'm lifting the level of expectation. I'm coming to you to trust you more. John chapter 15, I love what he says here. He says, listen, you didn't choose me. I just love this, by the way. Just, if you're sitting here hearing this, you guys are joining us online, you're hearing this. Hear this. You didn't choose me. But I chose you. Come on. You got, you've been picked. The Lord's looked on you, pointed at you, and said, I chose you. Come on, let that just tingle run down your spine for just a second, okay? I, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I picked you. You're my son. You're my daughter, okay? And appointed that you will, hear this, bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Here's what he's saying. You didn't choose me. I picked you. And not only did I pick you, but you're meant to thrive and flourish. When he says you bear fruit, what he says is you'll carry what's in me. In fact, this whole chapter, in fact, if you, if you want a little homework, because everybody loves homework after church. Um, if you want a little homework, grab John chapter 15 and read it. He says, go and bear fruit that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the father in my name, that he may give it to you. What he wants us to see is, listen. We find ourselves often where we're in need, where we're even in a place of predicament, or we're not sure how the thing is going to work out. And what he's saying is this, listen, you don't have to come blind as if you're uncovered because you didn't choose me. I chose you and I'm looking for you to flourish. So I want you to ask. I want you to bring the request. I want you to bring the need to me because I'm ready to meet you in that place. And I love what he says. I want that fruit to abide in you. In fact, that whole text in John 15 says, abide in me. I'll abide in you. In fact, that, that word abide, it's minos, the, the root word. It's the same word that Jesus, when Jesus was in the garden and he's hours before he's going to go to the cross and he's got his boys there with him. And he says, here's, here's the deal. I want you guys to remain with me. That word remain is the same word abide. He's saying, I just want you to park it here with me for a minute and trust me. 
You want faith to grow in you? What Jesus is saying is remain. Park it here with me, right here. And let me open my heart to you and share my goodness with you. It says, abide in me or anchor down in me that there's a way forward that you can't see, but I do, so remain. You and I don't see the way forward. God sees the way forward. So he says, remain, abide. That's what he calls us to. And then we get to see um, the goodness of the Father. When he says this, when you ask, here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask believing in the Father's goodness for you. And this is critically important. And we'll read this text together in Matthew 7. Again, same discourse, just a few verses, few verses further down. Matthew chapter 7, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give, and I just love Jesus being just straightforward here. If you then, who are broken, that's what he's saying, and not a perfect, not perfect. It says, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? Give good things. We can be real and honest. There are going to be moments where we bring our needs to God, but God is rarely operating on our time frame. Rarely operating on the ways that we see or think things should happen. In fact, there are times that God just surprises you and blesses you and brings to you things before you've even had a chance to pray. If no, if you've ever experienced that before, where something happens and you, you haven't even had a chance to voice it and God's already showing up because he's a good father. But then we have moments where we're praying and it's at the 11th hour. Uh, Darren, you preached a message on that uh, one time. You're at the 11th hour. They were needing some help with their, their daughter's wedding. I remember it's such a powerful testimony. They're going, it's the 11th hour. If the thing doesn't come through, it's not going to happen. You're like, God, man, if you're there. And then at the 11th hour, God breaks in and you're like, oh, thank you. It didn't seem like you were coming, but he, he came. And then there's those moments where God goes past the 11th hour and you've been asking and asking and asking God to do something. And you're not sure he's ever going to come through. If we were getting a chance to sit down and have coffee and be really honest, we've all had moments where we're going, God, are you there? Here's something I've been asking for years. And it hasn't happened yet. And in every one of those moments where God's breaking through or it's 11th hour or you feel like you're on your 15th year of asking, hear this. What God is so intent on you and I knowing is that in, in and through it all, he is good. And he's bringing, not only is he good, but he's working for your good and my good. And we don't always see it. We don't always know. There are going to definitely be times where it seems that God isn't present, but he absolutely is. He's so faithful and he's so good. 
He just doesn't work on the time frame, and he doesn't always work in the ways that we want him to. Uh, you kids in here, uh, how many of you, kids, I need y'all with me real quick. How many of you guys uh, have asked your parents for something and they said, maybe? Anybody had that experience? Maybe? Maybe? Do you love it when they say maybe? No, you don't, do you? 82% of parenting is just fending them off from their sugar cravings. I'm just convinced. In our home, it's just constant. Hey, dad, can we have the cookie? Or the candy? Or the whatever? Right? And what do I sometimes say? Kids know this. Maybe. And they're like, what am I supposed to do with that? What does that even mean? Right? It's a horrible answer. But one of my favorite things is if we know that something better is coming down the road, we got a plan for ice cream later or whatever, and they're asking for the cookie now. And I just say, maybe, or sometimes just say no. And they're like, well, why would you ever say no to this? Because here, I know there's a way better plan than what you're actually asking for now. But you're going to have to trust me in this. Church, we're not any different with a good father. There are things that you and I are asking for right now. And we're coming to him and it doesn't seem like he's coming through and we're not entirely sure why he doesn't seem to be answering the request or the prayer in the here and now. And the good news is that we have a good father who is saying, trust me in this. I've got something even better for you. Can you trust me and believe that I'm good? That's the kind of father that we serve. That's the kind of father that not just that we serve, but we get to be a part of his family. James chapter one, verse 17, he puts it this way. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. You can be in this room right now. I want you to hear this. You can be here. You can join us online. You may not even be sure you believe in God. You need to hear this. Every good thing you have ever experienced is coming from a good Father. He's ready to give us his goodness and for us to trust him in new ways. I'm ask our team to come up. The truth is this. The father is more than we could ever ask or imagine. He's more than we could ever ask or imagine. And he wants us to be authentic and real with him and asking him for what we need physically, emotionally, spiritually. Every one of us have unique needs that we're meant to bring to him. Because there is one truth that is universal, and I'll put it this way, and we'll finish with this. I want you to hear this. It's universal. God has already given you everything in Christ. Everything that you and I need, it's already been established. The promise and the guarantee of the goodness of the Father has been anchored by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. 
He's already purchased it for us. We already are a part of his family, been given a new name, given new identity, and been promised a kingdom that cannot and will not be shaken. Jesus answered the cry, every cry in our heart. He's already answered it with himself. He spilled his blood so that you and I could know as bad as it might get in this place, we have forever with him. Everything we could ever hope or want or desire, he's already satisfied the answer. We have the fullness of relationship. It's already been secured. And so today we get to come with clean, glad, sincere hearts to be fully at rest and just be able to say today, God, you're who I need. You're what I need. I'm coming and bringing my needs to you. I need you to heal this wound. In fact, I think we're just meant to be a people that are faithful to ask. Say, God, today I need peace. Today I need safety. Today, God, I'm asking you to turn hearts that have been turned away. Today, I'm asking for you to restore something that's been broken, maybe for years. Today, I'm trusting you with your way and your timing. But God, have your way. I'm coming today, daily bread. Sustain me. Sustain me. Fill me. Be my father. I'm going to have a moment just to be able to bring our need to the Lord. What we get to do on the first Sunday of every month is we get to come and take the Lord's Supper, which is to say this. Your body that was broken and your blood that was shed for me is everything. I have real needs that I want to bring to you, but I'm coming to you what Jesus said. I am the bread of life and I'm ready to fill. His body was broken and his blood was shed so that you and I could experience fullness in the here and now. So I'm going to pray and just ask for God to begin to give us himself first and foremost. Before we bring anything else, we get to do that together. I'm going to ask you just to make your hearts ready and we're going to come and take communion in just a moment. But here's, would you do this? Would you just bow your heads? And would you just, uh, at this moment, open your heart and say, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you are who I need. And we rest in the full power of what you did on the cross, your body that was broken and your blood that was shed. We thank you for your goodness and we choose to receive your goodness again. Would you fill us with your promises and your truth that we be overflowing from your provision over us? You're our provider. We recognize you. Would you just say that to him? You're my provider. You're my provider. I come to you first. You're my provider. I come to you first. I trust you. Our team's just going to worship and sing over you. Would you just make your heart ready? You stay seated there as they sing over you. Would you just say, God, I'm ready to be filled by you and to trust you as my provider, the bread of life.
team will worship and then we'll take together in a moment.